If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 today. I, I want to preach to you for a moment on going to the source. Say that with me. Go to the source. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for your word that it brings life to us. God, we yield ourselves in your presence and ask you to have your way. Lord, do through us, God, that that you desire, and we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Going to the source. How many of you have ever tried to do a task or a job and you didn't have enough power behind you? You know what I'm talking about? And it was like you, you thought, man, there have been times I've tried to lift something that was just awkward to lift. It wasn't that I, I couldn't lift it. It was I couldn't get around it to lift it. You know, Paul's, uh, I start to say Paul's brain, but Paul, the, the brain for his drums, is that what that is? It's in a, a box and it's awkward. It's just, you know, you, there's, it's got some handles on it, but it's an awkward lift. It, it, it's hard, it, it's square and it's kind of hard to get around it. And that's just our own source of power. But how many of you have ever hooked up to something and didn't have enough juice to get the job done? You ever go to plug up a, you know, you're trying to run a power tool and, and it's just not getting it? I remember I was trying to spray sheetrock and I had a compressor and the compressor just wasn't a big enough power source. And I, that, I cranked that thing up and I'm, it's going... And I'm thinking, man, this is nuts. This is going to take me all day long. I felt like just grabbing my hand and start slanging it up there because I couldn't get enough air behind it to get it going. It can be very frustrating. I've also experienced people that took an uh, item that was 110 and they hooked it into something that was 220. I had, when we were doing mission work in Russia, I had a lady, she went and she had a curling iron and she plugged it into that 220 outlet. And I was surprised it didn't just blow up. She plugged it in. It had been better for her if it had blown up because when she plugged it in and she went to curl her hair, it came right off with a curling iron. She got a hold of it. It burnt it right off her head. And, and she, ah, you know, sitting there looking at that. I remember we were in Israel one time and Debbie plugged in a 110 curling iron into a 220 socket and took out the whole power on that hotel floor. And we're down at breakfast. Did you lose your power? We never said a word. Yeah, I wonder what happened. <laughs> you have to go to the source. Everybody say, go to the source. So 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 says, but we, this is Paul speaking. He says, but we have this treasure. Say treasure with me. The word treasure in Greek means a deposit. How many of you'd like a treasure deposited in your account? says, for we have this treasure, or if you will, we've, we've had this deposit made. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I want to talk to you about the power source, but before I talk about that, I want to talk about these earthen vessels. Everybody go like this. How many of you know that water tastes different according to what you're drinking it out of? Let me give you a classic example. I've had water out of a plastic bottle, and I've had water out of a tin can. And I'm telling you up front, the plastic bottle tastes a whole lot better than the tin can. I don't know whose, I don't know whose idea it was, but I was at a vending machine, and they were vending water in tin cans. I tried it one time, and I thought, this ain't working. It, it, it just, it, it took on the flavor of the vessel. So you have to understand that the power source is pure. But he makes a deposit in these earthen vessels. And sometimes that gift can take on, or that power can take on a little bit of the flavor of the vessel. Why? Because he wants you to understand that we are not the source of it. He is. And so he is the power source. Everybody say, go to the source. Now, the English language is wonderful. I'm glad I can speak it. But unfortunately, 
we're very limited in our descriptions. For example, in, in the Bible, the Greek language is able to give you words that describe things to a uh, more clear way or a, 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 it, it, makes it, it makes it easier to understand what they're talking about. Let me give you an example. How many of you know the word love? And we use it, right? Now, look at how we use it. I love pizza. I love my new car. I love God. Now, are we putting God in the same category with pizza in our car? But do you understand? It's because we don't have the expression. We, 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 we make love, and it, it, it's become almost... It loses some of its ability to describe because when we talk about pizza, loving pizza and loving God, God means more to me than a pepperoni. And so it, it but with the Greek language, it's not that way. You see, in the Greek language, when it, it, it's translated love in our Bible, but in the Greek language, one of the words that is used for love is philio. And what it means is a brotherly love. It's that way that you feel about someone that you're close to, like, you know, a, a, a close like a brother. There's a, another love, and it's referred to as eros, and it's, it's the love that we use to describe sensual love, like between a man and a woman. And then there is a love called agape that belongs to God, and that love is unconditional love. And so what happens, and there are others, but what happens is God gives us descriptions so we more fully understand what it is he's talking to us about. It's the same way with the word power. Everyone say power. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. The first word power that we're probably most familiar with as spirit-filled Christians is in Acts 1 and 8. And this is where it says, but ye shall receive power, everybody say power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, unto the ends of the earth. The word power there is dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite from. It means miraculous or miracle working power. In other words, what it is, it's that type of power that comes over you to help you accomplish what you cannot accomplish on your own. You are not the source of it. He is. So Peter comes up to this guy that can't walk, and he's at a gate called Beautiful, and the man's looking at him begging, and Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the guy jumps up and takes off walking. And the Bible said that the people were all amazed. But then Peter recognized something. Peter recognized that their focus was wrong. So listen to what he says to them. This is in Acts chapter 3 and verse 12. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we've made this man walk? What's Peter saying? He's saying, guys, I didn't do this. I'm not the source of it. He is the source. We can't forget where the source is. If you know where the source is, then you have access to it. But if you begin to think or we begin to think, hey, I'm the one that's doing this, i got to tell you, it's going to pick up some flavor you don't like because it's, the deposit's been made in an earthen vessel because God wants us all to remember who gets the glory. Everybody say, he gets the glory. Now, there's another power that's found in scripture this this power dunamis is given to us to do the miraculous but there's another source and it's found in Matthew 9 starting with verse 2 let me read this for you then behold they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed 
When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. And at once, and at once some of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power. Everyone say power. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. The word power here is exousia. It means mastery or authority. Those people looked at him, and they began to disdain him, and they said, who does he think he is? He can't forgive sins. And Jesus stepped up, and he said, you need to understand who I am. He said, I have mastery here. I have the authority authority here to forgive sins and to prove it to you he used a little bit of dunamis and caused that man to get up and walk but do you understand that the power there means the right to do something everybody say the right to forgive sins now, I want you to hear me close, and I want you to stay with me because I'm going to make some statements I don't want you to misunderstand. This exousia, God has made a deposit in us to be able to forgive sin. Not in the sense of forgiving sin pertaining to someone's salvation, but in the sense of forgiving those that have sinned against us. And my friend, it takes power to do that. Everybody say exousia. Power and authority. It is the right to do what he's called you to do. I've watched folks, and, and now hear me, if you don't get the source of this, is you, if you don't understand the source of this, because you can't do this stuff on your own. The ability to forgive someone. Have you ever met someone that was holding bitterness? You know what I'm talking about? Just holding it. Run up here a minute, Dave. Some folks say, you know, they, they, they say, oh, man, I love God. I love God and all this. But they're carrying around. Hi. They're carrying bitterness with them. And they say, they say man, that person hurt me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I forgive them, but I ain't never going to forget it. You, you're not, thank you. You're not telling the truth. You're, you're not forgiving them. You, you nurse it and you rehearse it. You, you keep hanging on to it. And, and listen, in Isaiah 43 and 8, it says, remember, not, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. The word remember there means to keep no record of them. That you don't, you don't keep talking about it. You don't keep bringing it up. I'll never forget I was holding a revival. I was in, I'm not going to tell the town or the state or anything. I was just in a place, and there was a minister, and he had belonged to a large organization, and they had done him wrong. And he told me all about it. And he said, I've got every file. I've got every paper. I've, I kept a tra I've got a paper trail of it. I, I've got it all right here. And he said, but I, now I forgave him. No, you didn't, because you, you kept the record. You he says, look, don't remember the things of old. You've got to let it go, because until you let it go, it's holding you in prison, and you're never going to be who God called you to be. You have to make the determination and the decision that, wait a minute, he's given me some power up in here. He's given me some exousia. He's given me authority, the mastery, and the right to say, devil, you're not going to hold this over my heart. I let it go. I choose to forgive in the name of Jesus. You choose it. Faith isn't about feeling. Faith is about trust. 
My dad took me out here to Crab Orchard Lake when we were kids. You know, we, we lived up north around Chicago. He took me down to Crab Orchard Lake, set me out on a rock, and said, jump. I said, what? I didn't know how to swim. He said, I could swim underwater, and he didn't want me to just swim in underwater because it made him nervous. Every time he looked up, he could never find me. I was underwater. And then all of a sudden, my head would pop up, and he'd say, you've got to learn how to swim on top of water. And I thought, I'm not, you know, and, and he put me up there, and he just set me there, and he said, okay, now I want you to jump. And I said, man, I can't, I'm not jump. I can't jump to you. He got way out, and he said, jump to me. I said, I can't jump to you. He said, do you trust me? He didn't have to say another word. I jumped. I jumped. I didn't, I, I didn't have the ability to swim. I didn't have the power to keep myself on top of the water. But I trusted the individual that was calling me to him. And I made that leap. And when I leapt, I went under. But can I tell you that in just a moment, I felt some hands pick me up and bring me back to the top and say, start kicking your feet. Because you're going to learn how to swim today. God did not call us to sink. He did not call us to drown he called us to swim bitterness will drown you bitterness is like an anchor tied around your feet that will take you under and keep you there if you let it but he's saying I'm your source friend I'm not going to let it take you out if you'll come to me I'll give you the exousia you need to let it go I'll give you the power you need to set it free. Somebody say power. I want that kind of power, don't you? Amen. There's, there's one more source of power that I want to speak about to you today. As a matter of fact, let me, let me touch on this one a little bit more. So I, I want this to get in depth because I think this is probably one of the things that we struggle the most with. If you look at Luke 17, 3 and 5, this is Jesus speaking, and he said, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Some of us got the rebuke part down. <laughs> ah, this is scripture. I'm supposed to be rebuking you. But you're also supposed to be forgiving them. He said, if he sins against you, rebuke him. He said, if he repents, forgive him. Now, then listen to this. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Everybody say, you should. No, no, it didn't say you should. It said, you shall. This isn't a suggestion. This is a command. He's saying, you shall forgive them. I love the rest of that verse. You know what the rest of it said? After he told them that, the disciples looked at him and said, Lord, increase our faith. Because, <laughs> man, I can't do this stuff on my own. I mean, you're going to have to give me some help up in here. I can't, I can't, you know, do you know who they are? Do you know what they've done? And you're telling me I ought to forgive them? Yeah. No, not ought to. You will. <laughs> If you want to make it with me, you will. Because later he tells them, let me, let me just read it to you later. And I'm going to come back to this. Remind me, wave at me like this so I don't forget this because there's something really neat tied to this. See, he's excited about it. <laughs> this is Mark 11, verse 25, 26. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Man, that's some powerful stuff. I've heard people make a statement, I ain't never going to forgive them. I'll take this to my grave. Yes, you will. And you'll also take it to hell because you're not taking it to heaven. He said, if you don't forgive them, I won't forgive you. Do you understand how, I mean, please take a moment and let this soak in. I need you to understand how powerful this is. Exousia, the authority 
the mastery over your own will to be able to do his will. Now, I, 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 I can't say for certain that it happened in this order, but I got a real big feeling it did. And let me share with you what I'm talking about. You remember the scripture I just read to you? Jesus gives him that command. He said, if, he, if seven times he comes to you and he says, for, forgive, then you're going to forgive. You shall forgive. Later on, Peter gets with the Lord. And Peter asks a question. He said, it's almost like Peter is trying to throw Jesus' words back to him. And he says, Lord, how often should I forgive my brother until seven times? You remember? Because Peter's counting. <laughs> I used to do the same thing. I didn't know. I didn't know Scripture when I got saved, and I read that Scripture, and I thought, man, after seven times, I went to my pastor. I said, after seven times, can I hit him? Because <laughs> there was some folks pushing the envelope with me, man. And they said, and he said, and, but then they, he showed me this. He showed me this. And, and it's like, and so Peter, Peter heard what the Lord said that first time. How often shall I forgive my brother? Until seven times? And then the Lord he, he brings it home and he's saying, Peter, you missed the whole point of what I was saying. He's saying not until seven times, but until 70 times seven. What's he saying? He's saying quit counting. Just forgive. Just understand that I am your source. And if you come to me, I am a supply that will not run dry, that will not run out, that I can keep you. I can equip you. I can make you who I've called you to be. Forgive. But some of us like holding on to it. You ever, you know how they catch monkeys? It's no reflection on us, folks. But what they do is they, they, I've heard that they stick a banana in a box and that the monkey will put its hand in the box and get a hold of the banana and they run up to get a hold of the monkey. But the monkey can't get the banana out of the little round hole. And rather than let go if he just let go of it he'd be free he could pull his hand out and go but he's got a grip on it and he won't let go of it and so he ends up being taken captive forgiveness or unforgiveness is that banana when you grab it and you refuse to release it it'll take you captive and it'll hold you captive and what Jesus is saying is, I have given you exousia. I've given you the power to release. Say it with me. I release it. I re Why don't we just take a moment here, and would you stand with me just a moment? No, 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 I, I, I'm not done yet. But I, 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 just, I, I just feel like this is such an important part of this power supply that we've been given that we need to take a moment while we're here and release. So I want you to, as you stretch your hands to heaven and you begin to contemplate your own heart. I'm, nobody's going to dig through your heart for you, but this is between you and God, and, and God knows and you know. So I'm asking you to search your own heart right now and I'm not saying that the person that you're forgiven or forgiving deserves forgiveness any more than I'm saying that you or I deserved forgiveness. But we found it, didn't we? So right now, if you would, Father, we come to you right now. Lord, recognizing that on our own, we have no power to do this. But you are the source and you have made a deposit of exousia in us. You've given us the ability to master our emotions so that we can do what you've called us to do. Right now, we take the authority in Jesus' name, and we choose to forgive. Everybody say it with me. I choose to forgive. Say it one more time. I choose 
to forgive. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I want you to call out the name you're forgiving. You don't have to do it real loud or shout it out, but just call out the name you're forgiving. Are you ready? One, two, three. Call it out. Father, I thank you for it right now. I praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise in this house. You know, if, if we don't get a handle on the power of God, and when I say a handle on it, I'm talking about treat it the right way, you can end up really hurting yourself. Let me share. I had a friend, and he was used in the gifts, and, and God, uh, he, he was in the middle of a meeting, and the Lord showed him that this guy was committing adultery, and he called him out and said it right in front of his wife. It was power, but it was power he didn't know how to use. And so he ended up, it destroyed that family. So, well, the guy did it. You have to use wisdom. You, you, you don't just, it's kind of like, what I, I'm trying, somebody help me out here. The, those drills, you know what I'm talking about? Huh? It's, it's the one that's got so much torque on it. Is that the jack? impact whatever it is it's it's a big drill my father-in-law had one man it was a great big drill I mean the thing the, the drill itself was probably like this you get a hold of it and then it had a huge bit and he said now be careful with that thing because it'll twist your arm off a hammer drill and I I, I, I thought to myself yeah I like twist my arm off I started in and buddy <laughs> I mean, it, it, it yanked me around, and I thought, my goodness. And I realized something, that this is a lot more powerful than I realized, and I wasn't giving it the respect it deserved. I'm going to say it anyway. I know you know it, right? God is so much more powerful than we realize and we need to give him the respect he deserves. I, I, look, I'm, I'm glad that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, but he's also infinite in power. He is power, which brings me to the last source of power I want to talk to you about today. It's found in Luke chapter 9 and verse 43. It says, and they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. The Greek word there for power is megaliotes. It means majesty. Now, the New King James Version already translates it. The King James Version puts it as power. Listen to it in the New King James. Luke 9, 42, 43. And as he was still coming, the demon threw, down, threw him down and convulsed him. Then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit healed the child and gave him back to his father and they were all amazed at the majesty of God that word power means majesty oh come on you're not letting that soak up into you majesty of God have you ever been in a place where all of a sudden you were overwhelmed by the majesty of God throw up the stars would you I'm telling you I've gone outside before and looked up and saw the heavens and I was just spellbound by the majesty of God when I looked at what his hands had made and cast into space God is not some weak need wishy-washy sissified God. He is a majestic God. He is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. His name is mighty. He is worthy of all our praise. He is majestic. The majesty of God. He demonstrates himself in creation to us. Have you ever seen an eagle take flight? He spreads his wings. His wingspan it's longer than my body is in real life. He could wrap his wings around me and disappear me. And he floats through the air with majesty. When he comes in for a landing, hit, look at, watch his claws. He knows where he's landing. Look at those talons. 
and he sets it down. Majestic. Maybe that's why God said, I bear you on eagle's wings. Maybe that's why he said, I brought you out of a waste howling wilderness. And as an eagle, I bear you on those wings. What was he saying? I got you covered. I got, I'm taking care of you. He is a majestic God. He's got some dynamite in him. He's got some majesty in him. He's got authority and he's got power and he has the right to do it. And he has made that investment in us. Everybody say in us. Now look, this church has got some power going through it. Nobody told me about it when I first came here. They let me find out on my own. This church is not wired with 110. So I wasn't giving it the respect it deserved because I didn't know. I found out, went into that conference room, changing out a plug, flipped a switch in the back that said conference room. Didn't real, I thought that took care of the whole room. It doesn't. <laughs> Had that screwdriver in there. And in an instant, I found out this church doesn't have 110 going through its veins. It's got 277. And all of it hit me at once. And I went, and Debbie's in the room, and Debbie sees me doing it, and she's over there laughing. She thinks I'm putting on. She thinks I'm just acting like I'm getting shocked. I wasn't acting, folks. It's a real deal. And I, when I got, when it finally let me go, I had a healthy respect for it. <laughs> let me tell you something about God. Don't treat him like he's just ordinary don't come in here sit down on a pew and pat your hands and patty cake with God you give him the respect he deserves you let him know that you honor him and you open your heart and say God give me some dynamite in here give me some authority in here give me some majesty that's what he's called us to do when you look at Luke, or let me, let me end with this. Matthew 10, 7, 8, he says, and as you go, this is Jesus speaking to us. And he said, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's given you the authority, the exousia to do that, the right to do that. Nobody can tell you to shut up. I've had a few folks tell me to, but I just kept right on going. Nobody can silence that in you. You have power. You've been given authority to do that. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. You've been given the dunamis to do that. The dynamite. The miraculous power of God. It's not us. It's him. He said, freely you have received. Freely give. What's he saying? I want you to be a conduit. Don't be a cesspool. Don't let it all pour into you and just stagnate there, but get a hold of somebody and let them feel the power of a living God. Let them know that he's alive and he's well. What I'm going to say, I, please don't misunderstand what I'm going to say because it's not anything for my glory. It's got nothing to do with me. When we were in Hot Springs after that meeting was over, there was one of those young men that were in the, the rehab that made a statement to Lane, and she made a statement. She said, if I could go to a church where there was worship and preaching like that, that I could feel that, I'd be there every Sunday. Folks, people want to feel the power of God. They need to know that he's real, that we're not just up in here doing some little ritual every Sunday, but we're coming in because we believe in his majestic presence we believe in his power we believe that he is who he said he is would you stand with me today the source of power man years ago years ago I had Ray run up here real quick I, I, I was a, a young guy and there was a there was a stand up here with me there was a, a man that was going to the church that we went to and he was a little different and he walked up to me and he said 
He said, Pastor, he said, I've been shaking hands like this. And he said, Pastor told me, quit shaking hands like that. He told me, he said, you, you, you get a grip on that hand and shake it like that. What was he saying? He's saying, show somebody who you are. Show somebody what you got. This isn't about us. This is all about, thank you. This is all about him. Everybody say, it's about him. I know, Jason, you're not going to like this, but run up here real quick. So Jason comes up here. Jason works out, right? (laughs) So if I'm at the gym, if I'm at the gym and I see Jason and he's got two 10-pound dumbbells in his hand going, I'm not going to be impressed. I'm going to think he's all show, man. I don't know what he's got in these arms, but it ain't muscle. (laughs) But when I see him grab a 40 or 50 pound, well, actually, I saw him grab a 50 pound barbell and just start curling 50 pounds. Look, I've gotten up to 40 before, but not long. But he's, he's curling 50, then what it does, it gives you a healthy respect for the power that he has. Thank you. Do you understand that God, God is not some weak God. God, God doesn't see your problem and go, oh my goodness, they're in such a mess, I don't know what I'm going to do. Your problem has never caused God to break a sweat. Every demon you've ever dealt with, every battle you've ever had has never made God take a step back. He stood forward, leaned over the portals of heaven and said, call on my name. Call on my name. Call on my name. I want to show you my power. I want you to understand who I am. He's made a deposit in us. That's why David, a teenage boy, stares down a nine-foot and nine-inch giant and says, you come to me with a sword and a shield and a spear, but I'm not impressed. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, and today he's going to deliver you into my hand. David did not go out there railing against him on his own, saying, come on, Jack. He went out there and stood in the power and the authority that God had given him. Here's my sword. Oh, just a book? No, this is more than a book. If you think it's just a book, you don't know the source. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And so Jesus squares off with the devil. He said, if you so tough, if you the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Jesus didn't bat an eye. He just looked at him and said, it is written. Him saying it didn't take away his hunger, but it established his authority. When you're going through something and you begin to stand on the Word of God, it may not disappear instantly. You may still feel it, but you've established your line of authority. (laughs) If you get me, you're going to have to come through him, and there are none so fierce that dare stir him up. If you're in this place today and you're ready for a deposit to be made into your account, I want you to come up to the front of this building right now just as quickly as you can. I won't hold long. Banks only open certain hours. Deposit. A deposit. Can I share with you the majesty of God, the majestic part of God? I've experienced that before in worship services where all of a sudden people are worshiping God and, all, and, and, and God just shows up. And I feel 
the majestic presence of God. And man, I'm telling you, it just, it messes me up. All of I'm not even thinking about y'all. I'm not even thinking about preaching to you. I get so messed up that in that moment, I am just with him. And that's what he wants for us. He's saying, you know what? If you would just let me be me in you, we'll change some lives. We'll have revival. We'll, we'll set the captive free. Just let me be me in you. The light bulb in the fixture is dead if there's no current going to it. And so are we unless we go to the source and allow him to fill us. So I want to ask you a question today. How much power do you want? Some folks are just interested in dunamis. Woo! And they've never seen exousia. They carry bitterness from the past and hurts, and it goes with them and cripples them. And others are afraid of dunamis. They're afraid of dynamite. I'm not afraid of it. I just got a healthy respect for it. Because <laughs> dynamite can do what I can't do. Exousia gives me the right to do what he called me to do. And majesty causes me to stand in awe of who he is. So as you stretch your hands to heaven right now, I want you to be thirsty. I want you to let him fill you. Don't think he won't. I'm going to say this. We're going to pray. First time I got hungry for the power and presence of God. And I'd, I'd experienced, I'd felt it, but that young gentleman that was here, Brother Walls. <laughs> I was in a meeting one night, and I had my hands up, and I was so hungry for God. And he came over, and he just tapped me on the head, just tapped me. But what happened to me wasn't because of him. It was because of the source. When he tapped me, if you ask people that were in the meeting that night, they said it looked like somebody picked me up and threw me across the building. I went flying across that building because I'd been praying, God, I know you're powerful, but I need to know in a personal experience just how powerful you are. Don't ask for something you're not wanting. He will fill you up if we're willing to go to the source. As you stretch your hands heaven with me right now. Father, here we are. We come to you right now with hungry hearts, asking you to fill us and equip us so we can do what you've called us to do. God, you want us to shine like a light in a dark place. Equip us to do it. We can't do this on our own, but I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I give you praise for it right now. We receive it right now. We receive the dunamis of God, the miracle working power of God. We receive the exousia of God, the ability to have authority and to release those things that try to hold us. God, we receive the majestic presence of your spirit. Fill this place now. Fill us now and let us change this world in Jesus' name. been in a battle for a few months now how many of you know that God has the power yes, yes. and Robert believes that I want you to stretch your hands toward him right now and we're going to believe it together that God is going to restore health to him he, in Jesus name God, the you have no right. 
understand that no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, he's the source. We talked about, I did a broadcast with Carl this past week. A couple weeks ago, man, he was supposed to be having a triple bypass surgery. And they just sent him out of the hospital. He wanted to see his kids. They checked him out of the hospital. He started, he, he went to another, and I told him, I said, look, I said, if they checked you out, we believe that, he, that when we acknowledge him in all of our ways that he directs our steps. So I've just got to believe that God is directing this. Well, he was directing it because he didn't need it. All of a sudden, God intervened. The dunamis of God, the majesty of God touched him. He's been walking miles and miles every day. He called me early one morning. I think it's 8 o'clock in the morning. He'd already walked five miles that day. He said, man, I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm going in a marathon. I'm going to walk. He, got, he, said, I, he said, I got one problem, though, Pastor. I don't know what to do with all this energy. That's the kind of problem we can live with, right? Come on, stretch your hands to heaven and say, here I am, God. Fill me up. Ignite my heart. I'm coming to you as my source in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, remember what the Scripture said. Freely you've received, freely give. Just reach out and touch everyone. Reach out and let them know how powerful God is. See, folks don't get it. Sometimes they think, oh, we need to get them them here. need to get them here. Truth is, is when you're there, you took it with you. And so as you begin to share with them, God will use you as a power source, a power supply, substations, if you will, where he's got us plugged in. Come here just a second. I want you to stretch your hands to heaven with me. Are you ready for God to use you? I see a hungry heart. And God's got, all I'm going to say is this, is God is up to something. As you raise your hands to heaven, I don't, I don't want you to be so conscious about those that are around you because sometimes that kind of messes, you know, you're thinking about those that are around you. Everybody say a direct line. You know, one time I had a guy, he was a ventriloquist, and he said, every time I squeeze your neck, I want you to open your mouth. And he, he set me down on his knee and started squeezing my neck. And it made it look like, I mean, and he was saying all kinds of stuff coming out of me. And so I wasn't the source of my speech any longer. God's going to become your source, your total source. Are you ready for it? Father, I thank you, God, for... Say, I'm going to let you go, but let me say this. God is raising up champions. Yes. You, you heard me say several times now that this move that we're experiencing, that, that, that is going to continue to increase, it's not, folks, you've got to understand what I'm saying. It's not just coming from pulpits. It's coming from the pew. That's right. That he is raising up champions in you. And you have to be willing to say, here I am, God, use me. Because the moment you do that, you've given God permission to plug you in to the source. My granddaughter called me last week. 
I'd had some stomach issues and she called me three years old and she said, Papa, you, you, you belly feel bad? I said, yeah, I'm not feeling too good. And, she, and her mom said, what do we do? And she said, in the name of Jesus, you touch my Papa's belly and I'm telling you, that simple faith we got to quit acting like we have to walk on water for God to use us. We have to understand that we've received this treasure in an earthen vessel. There's some dirt, there's some sand, there's some muck up in here, but God has a way of cleaning it out with that source of power, pushing it aside so he can give us the authority to do what he's called us to do. I'm excited about it, folks. I hope you are. Somebody shout it on three with me. On three, we're going to shout, here I am, use me. Are you ready? One, two, three. Here I am, use me. Come on, give me a hand clap of praise in this house. The Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to smile upon you. May you walk in his power from the morning sun until the setting of it and always know that you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath and you're blessed in Jesus' name.